Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Keith with the Arnie's. We are back today talking the Mandalorian. And Matthew, who are we? Well, if you caught uh, our hit podcast within the podcast for The Boys Season 2, The Boys Talking the Boys, we all know that, then you should get ready because we're back for Season 2 of The Mandalorian and we're The Mando's Talking the Lorian. Hell Still not in love with yeah. the title, but you know what? We have a brand now, and we're going to stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this is like? This is like when they did uh, the Talking Dead with Chris Hardwick for years, and then like, we should do it for Breaking Bad, and didn't they just call it Talking Bad? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is like that. This is like that. Talking Dead made sense. The other one didn't. We're in the same boat, but God damn it, we're excited to talk about it. Who cares about the title? Hell yeah. All right. So just a quick intro. We're assuming, if you're listening to this, that you've seen season one. So, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking season one. And other spoiler alert, we'll be spoiling the end of this episode. So, do not listen to this episode if uh, you haven't seen it yet. Should we go around the horn real quick and just tell everybody yay or nay for this episode? I'll say yay and nay to some things in this episode. Fair enough, fair enough. What about you, Austin? Well, I haven't been introduced yet, but I'm Austin. I'm so happy to be <laughs> Oh, here. my bad. I completely forgot to introduce you guys. I'm Austin, though. I'm also a part of the crew, and I'm going to give a big old no thank you to this episode. <laughs> okay, okay. Interesting, interesting. So here's what I'm going to say. This is one of the best episodes of this series so far. So if you're a fan of this show, then it's a big recommendation for me. I think it's really well made. The acting's really good. I think the set pieces and the storyline they chose were exciting. So it's a big recommendation on that front. Were we but watching two different episodes? There is a caveat. There is a caveat. Well, I think this is a great episode. I just am worried about this show. <laughs> Even though I like this episode, it's worrying that we're still... It, it's fine if you want to make a show where there's a little plot progression. Like, you know, if you just want to take your time, do your own thing, cool. But when there's just no, like, satisfying stuff in terms of, like, the main story involving Baby Yoda and Mandalorian, like, ever in this show, then, while well, I like this episode, I'm just worried that we're just going to get the same thing from season one, where just it just feels kind of aimless. So that's the one caveat I would give. If you're kind of worried, if you watch season one and we're worried about not much happening, this episode certainly won't, like, make you feel better. So that's kind of where I'm at. But... I enjoyed it, nonetheless. So that's my quick recommendation. Um, so just to summarize, let's just go through the quick hits of the episode. So we start off, I guess it's called the Gamorrean boxing match, is what I was calling it, um, so where these guys are just slinging axes and their people are betting on them and all that. And this is where he meets Gore Koresh. He hangs him upside down from a, from a pole, gets him to tell him he's going to, he needs to go to Tatooine in order to find more Mandalorians. So he meets him with a... Peli Mato. Peli tells him to go to the mining town of Mos Pelgo. So there he finds Marshall. And what is he wearing? He's wearing Boba Fett's armor. He orders uh, Cobb to take it off. Cobb doesn't want to do it, but then he agrees to only if he help you know, only if he helps him to kill the uh crate dragon. From there they form an alliance with the Tuscan Raiders. Then they go to the um Abandoned Sarlacc pit where the crate dragon lives or sleeps or whatever. 
And so the Miners and the Raiders are fighting together. The Mando eventually finishes him off with uh, the bomb from the uh, Bantha. At the end, we see a shot of an older Boba Fett. I'm just so happy for Kevin Bacon. What? I'm so happy we could see a 2020 remake of Tremors. <laughs> I was uh, thinking the same thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Good reference. Good reference. I'd give that a, like a, a seven out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what did you guys think of the general premise before we get into specifics? Uh, you know, I, I thought it was fine. <laughs> I, I really liked the intro. I liked whenever he went yeah. to... The, I like the, the gambling well. den or the, the boxing match, whatever the hell yeah. you want to call it. And of course, we find the Mando in another precarious situation that he gets himself self out of really quickly. Finds out he has to go to Tatooine, and I didn't. I didn't rewatch season one, so I didn't really remember exactly what the immediate goal was at the end. So they do, you know, he's trying to, um, basically as the armor forger or whatever you want to call it, told him he needs to get Baby Yoda to their people and if he's gonna do that he probably should link up with some jedi well he's trying he's trying to get baby yoda to the jedi and in order to do that he needs to link up with other mandalorians who might know where the jedi are yeah so that's that's kind of like the chain of uh i guess communication that he needs to lock down um uh, and i like the general premise once he gets back to tatooine as well whenever they first said tatooine i kind of rolled my eyes a bit like oh we're going back to tatooine not just in terms of Star Wars, but we've already been there on the show. So I was like, okay, great. Um, but it ended up being pretty cool. I liked all the Cobb Vanth stuff. That was my favorite part of the episode. The only, the only part I'll mention uh, before you guys jump in here is I did think it was a little bit funny. I get, obviously, the Mandalorian is essentially like a religion. So if if you run into somebody wearing armor that doesn't it doesn't belong to, that's a big deal. I get it. It just was a bit funny that like, he's like, take it off. Timothy Oliphant's like, no. And then this deal they broker is like, hey man, can you put your life on the line and this little kid and kill this thing that's going to destroy our town? If you do that, like, you can have the armor. So I just liked how like uneven this deal was. I think the opening is really cool. I, I like that we see those little guards from ja- from uh, Jabba's palace yeah. in the boxing ring. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like a cool mm-hmm. little reference, um, a little yeah. throwback. Like they weren't CG also. I thought they looked pretty cool even today. Yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, they looked great. I just honestly never, ever need to go back to Tatooine ever again in this franchise. <laughs> so as soon as we head back there, that's when this episode starts to lose me. Um, I think Timothy Oliphant is fine in this episode. I think the way he decides to tell his little backstory is so weird. How it just pans in on his face while they're on a speeder and he's like softly talking to the camera. Oh my God. It was so good. Yeah, that was unrealistic. Like they're going 100 miles an hour on the speeders and they're able to hear each other. Let me tell you about when I found this armor. Like they're not even they're not even attempting to like make it seem like they're yelling back and forth or anything. Yeah. They're just like they look like they're sitting together having coffee. I agree. The way they just jumped into his backstory was odd. I do like what they're trying to do with his backstory though, because I think it's cool that they're trying to show that the actions of the rebellion and the empire like have a direct impact on everyday people. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I I guess this episode is leading us to the sandworm battle, which I thought was fine. Nothing special. I thought it looked pretty cool for the most part. Um, and I guess right now, more more so than anything, I'm just wondering what the point was. Like, was the point of this episode to reintroduce Boba ultimately by, like, showing us his armor? It's like, oh, is he dead? And then we see him at the end of the episode. Like, what? how big of a role will he play later? Like, I've, I've no idea. I'm curious what the kind of the goal is by using this as the first episode. So, who, who yeah. knows? I don't know. I mean, but overall, you guys like Timothy Oliphant as Cobb? 
I did. I, I'm a big Timothy Oliphant fan, so I, I had heard he got cast. Um, I didn't expect he would be in the first episode for some reason. I guess I don't really know why I thought that, but yeah. I thought it was cool. I, I really just liked the premise of the character that mm-hmm. this this marshal, obviously Timothy Oliphant, justified Deadwood, very familiar with playing Western sheriffs and marshals and that sort. Uh, and it was cool that he's basically taking control of this town by I. I wouldn't say intimidation. It seems like he's a relatively nice guy and he's well-liked, but I just think it's cool that he was able to stumble upon Boba Fett's damaged armor and he just wears it and goes about his business. I I thought it was pretty cool. I thought he was fine. I think literally anybody else on the planet could have played that role, though. Um, A dream casting for me in that role would have been like Sam Elliott. That would have been very cool. Just because they are trying to set up this little Western background, you know? That would have been cool because it, yeah, it definitely did feel like a Western town. They definitely cast him on purpose. They're they're yeah. certainly not coincidence that they cast this guy that has played very famous sheriffs before. But yeah, so all right, so heading to our roundtable discussion. Here's the first point. So and this kind of ties back to just general thoughts on season one. I know we talked about it a little bit. If you want to jump in here with some more specifics, feel free. But I think overall, regardless of thoughts on season one, there was very little story progression. Basically, at the end of the first episode, we find Baby Yoda. And then it's kind of just jumping around, just doing random stuff until the finale where Giancarlo Esposito's character comes in. And that's when it feels like stuff is actually coming together and we're getting some advancement of the plot. Um and here with season two, it kind of feels like we could be on a trajectory of not really getting much satisfaction to the main story. I don't know how long we're <laughs> until we're going to find Jedi and maybe advance the Baby Yoda stuff. Regardless, I'm curious, after not finding a Mando on Tatooine, which was the point of this episode, we are left with another side story that doesn't really progress or satisfy the, with anything in regards to the main slash Baby Yoda story. So how do you guys feel about this? I guess. My thing is, as long as there's cool stuff going on, I don't really care. I've accepted this this show is kind of slow in terms of getting to its goal. So I don't mind that, you know, essentially he gets to Tatooine, doesn't find the Mando, and then just kind of helps out out of the goodness of his heart, I suppose you could say. I don't really know. But I enjoyed the Sandworm stuff. I loved the Tusken Raider stuff coming together and giving us more of like a humanized view of them. And by the end, I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. But... There's no doubt we didn't really get much advancement. So what about you guys? How'd you feel about that not really going forward in season one and starting off again in this episode? I'm okay with it too, because I think ultimately what I want from this show is I kind of want to do smaller storylines that like make Star Wars feel like a more lived-in universe. So I'm kind of glad that we can take a break from the Force and the Jedi and all that stuff and just do like a fun little monster hunting storyline or a fun little sm- smuggling storyline from the from the first season. So I'm glad that we're doing that. I do I do still want the overall story with Baby Yoda to move forward though, just because I do I am really curious of the implication that is going to have for this universe, like what Baby Yoda's up to and, and what it means. Um, but I also do still like that we can kind of just have some fun little episodes where we just do something random within the star wars universe yeah no i'm in i'm in agreement i like the little stories um and just kind of having the main plot point or the main um i guess goal of of uh getting baby yoda to his people in the background i, I kind of like that it's in the background and it's, and it's slowly progressing but yeah it, it, it did kind of catch me off guard whenever whenever they're going after the uh, crate dragon, like how long that was lasting. I did because I mean this is the first episode of the season, so I had no idea what was going to happen. Obviously, so I was just expecting uh, Giancarlo Esposito's character to come back at some point during this, but he never made an appearance, which was fine. I'm sure he's going to come back later on. 
But yeah, they just ended up going on this crate dragon hunt. Yeah, I-, I was surprised that this episode ended up being 50 minutes, especially since we had episodes in the first season that ranged from 30 to 40. So when this one was 50, and it was like, they're really, it's not like uh, we got any more <laughs> information regarding the story than we did last season. So they probably could have shortened this up for sure. I think there was a lot they probably could have taken out just for better pacing. But now that we're talking about it, I'm kind of curious, what do we think Boba's role is going to be? Because now that I'm like saying it out loud, do we think they're going to utilize Boba's history with the Force and the Jedi in order to maybe give information on who Baby Yoda should go to? Like, I mean, Boba Fett has the kind of weird experience of working directly for Darth Vader, so very familiar with the dark side. He's encountered Luke Skywalker multiple times. And on top of that, he witnessed the Battle of Geonosis, where every single Jedi seemingly was there. His father was killed by one. Mm. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that's Boba's role, is he's able to give the Mando some information regarding the Jedi, because I think right now the Mando kind of thinks that there's still this weird mythical sorcerers or something like that. So maybe that's Boba's role. I'm not sure. And well, this is kind of why I'm not happy we're back on Tatooine or really that Boba's even going to be in this season. Because I kind of thought that the whole point of this show is it's supposed to exist on the outer rims of the galaxy. It takes place far away from the ongoing struggle with the rebellion and the empire. And so that like, I kind of liked how in the first season they're like, I think there's these like space wizards called Jedi. Like, and I don't, I like that nobody knows anything about any of this stuff going on. Um, and so I don't really need the Star Wars lore to be given to me again in this series. And it seems like that's what's going to happen uh, throughout the second season. They certainly pitched the show that it was kind of its own thing, but that's changed. What about, yeah, where are you going with that, Keith? I was going to say, yeah, I think I think they're probably definitely feeding some fans here with the whole Boba thing. You know, I think people were, because first of all, they were talking about doing a Boba Fett show and that got canceled, I'm pretty sure. And so then they did this, so... I guess they're just trying to sneak sneak him in here somehow <laughs> to appease those people. Yeah, it's kind of this weird back and forth because I agree with Austin. I was excited whenever they pitched the show that yeah, this is on the outer rim. It doesn't really have much to do with what's going on. I think the only thing they said was it takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. So we might see the First Order from the sequel trilogy kind of rise to power in the background. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a- after the first season finished, I was impressed. Like, oh, this really doesn't have much to do with what's going on. Sure, little things here and there, but overall it's kind of its own story. So it's weird because this season, clearly, I I won't spoil if people don't know, but they've cast some people in this season that are clearly going to tie into the main Skywalker saga, that kind of thing. Um, Boba Fett, of course, included. I, With how little story progression we get, I guess I'm okay with them bringing some of this stuff in because I'd rather have that than just have each episode be its own little adventure at least we're getting something because i after the first season i feel like it's going to take a long time to get any satisfying information in regards to baby yoda or moving that story along so in the meantime if they want to bring in some familiar faces and give us some info on what's going on in the background in regards to the star wars lore then i guess i'll take it as opposed to nothing i don't know i think it's kind of where i'm at right now So season one obviously was really successful. Uh, You know, Baby Yoda kind of took the world by storm. The show clearly has the backing of both Disney and Lucasfilm. So I thought we were going to get like a larger budget for the show in season two. Um, And I know you guys kind of already mentioned that you like the way everything looks in this show or in this episode, at least. For me, I think the opening looks great. I think the stuff with the crate dragon looks great as well. But then everything in between, I think looks like shit. 
Like, I think whatever town they're in looks like they're literally, like, built the buildings out of cardboard. I don't like any of the CGI of them, like, on the speeders. Um, so did any of that kind of – was that jarring to you guys? Because for me, I'm, I'm so used to Star Wars looking good that, like, it kind of took me out of the episode when I was watching it. Well, definitely the, the speeder scene whenever he's telling his story. I thought that was so stupid how he's just talking normally as if they're not going 200 <laughs> miles an hour on these things. Like, you would have so much wind. And a, you would not be able to hear anybody. Thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that was so dumb. Like you could have just told this later on, like when they were at camp or something like that. But no, he had to tell it on a speeder going 150 miles an hour. And we ultimately don't even need that scene either, because they go find the Tuscan Raiders and then they come back to the town. It seems like there's a way to cut that little mini journey out and then yeah. just give us the backstory while they're sitting in the bar or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess season one didn't really look that great either. So I get what you're saying that maybe they would have gotten more budget. And I'm sure they did. I, th- I think a lot of it looked good. I think the most Pelgo town, it's, tar- it's I guess it's hard to complain about because it definitely felt like a set that they were shooting on. Yeah, um, and that's kind of what I mean. But at the same time, it is Tatooine. So it is this deserted desert planet. So I guess it's like, I kind of get it. But yeah, in season one, there certainly looked like a lot of the locations were sets. This is real no no exception besides the opening. And the speeder thing, like you mentioned, did look bad. But, you know, I think overall I, I enjoyed it. There was some stuff that I thought should have looked bad that I actually thought looked pretty cool. I really like seeing these two use their jetpacks, fly around the battle, kind of go to drop in on different points and, you know, take some shots and then fly off again whenever the Mando comes bursting out of the dragon. I thought, wow, that looks pretty cool. So, yeah, and I, I, I think all that looks good too. I just think the bulk of the episode where we're just kind of having banter and talking looks really yeah. bad but the action has always looked good in this show and it still looks good today um mm-hmm. i just i don't know for, for whatever reason when we're just having dialogue back and forth and what we're where we're having the dialogue isn't an interesting setting and, it, and i also personally don't think it looks good that really tends to take me out of out of anything i'm watching and i'm more focused on like why why does this look so bad and i'm not really focused on the story i'm being given yeah, I agree. I think that's fair. I guess, you know, this show was never going to have the budget of the main films, but I think maybe if we get to the next episode and it's set in a more exciting, a vibrant location, maybe we'll actually be able to tell if it looks better because it's just hard to judge it with Tatooine. But the things you guys are mentioning are certainly drawbacks. The speeder sequence just as a whole was just v- extremely jarring. That took me out of it as well. All right, so once the uh, most Puggle story kicks off, how did how did you guys feel about like the pacing, the action, and then the overall wrap up and ending of the episode? Austin kind of mentioned this. I think overall it worked. This was a long episode, and we get to the most Pelgo stuff really quickly. So a large portion of the episode is left after this point. And like Austin mentioned, it did feel like there was some weird, like I get I get what they did it, but it's like they probably could could have cut some stuff out, especially when it's like he and Cobb Vanth go off to find the dragon. They don't find the dragon. They find the Tusken Raiders. They link up. It's like, oh, we should work with them in order to beat the dragon. Okay, let's go all the way back to town, get some recruits together, and then we'll go all the way to the dragon again, and then we'll fight it. And the and the battle, while cool, is way too long. Like, that could have easily been trimmed down a bit. Um, so yeah, to answer that question, the pacing, I don't think was great. Certainly stuff could have been cut out, but like Austin also mentioned, I think the action, while long, still ultimately was a good payoff. So what, what about you guys? What did you think once everything got kicked off? Yeah, I guess I kind of thought we were going to spend more time with him trying to track down another Mandalorian on Tatooine. I guess I, I right. didn't realize the monster hunting and killing aspect of this episode is going to occupy so much time in the episode. Mm-hmm. And then by the time yeah. I realized it, we're at the battle. And I'm like, oh, I guess we're not getting any other really story here. 
Um, and I mean, yeah. the crate dragon's cool. Like, it's a cool idea. Yeah. I like how they're like, he's in an empty Sarlacc pit. And they're like, Sarlaccs don't yeah. leave. And they're like, well, they do if you eat it. Like, I thought that, that was, was cool. cool. And I like how, cool. how they've kind of all been living with this town. I kind of like that we get a little bit more backstory on Tuscan Raiders as well. How they've, you know, been around forever and figured out how to appease this thing by feeding it so it sleeps longer and that sort of stuff. Um, so I think it's cool that we are getting like... That's kind of what I like about the show is we do find a way to learn more about the Star Wars universe without having to be so heavily in on the Jedi and the Rebellion and the Empire. Yeah, I think I like the Tusken Raider thing a lot. I thought that was cool because oh, yeah. you see you see them uh, in Phantom Menace like shooting at uh, Annie while they're doing the pod racing. Then you see him again, I think, in New Oh yeah, New Hope whenever they attack Luke and um, R2 and all that. So yeah, it was kind of cool to see them actually form an alliance with these guys and uh, – and yeah, he spoke Tusken Raider, which is kind of kind of funny. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> and we just watched Solo for our main Star Wars series, and, and just like it was cool that Han could speak Wookiee. I think it's cool that the Mandos can speak Tusken Raider as well. Yeah, yeah, this was really cool. It was a direct follow up to the Tatooine episode from season one. We did see the Mando talking and communicating with Tusken Raiders briefly, but I really like it because it does kind of give backstory and, like I said, it humanizes them. And like Keith mentioned, you know, we saw these people seemingly for no reason shoot people while they were pod racing we saw them try and kill luke skywalker but they but the mando establishes look people keep swiping up their land on tatooine they're pretty peaceful people just don't take their land don't trespass just stay away from them like if i wasn't here talking with them you'd be dead because you shouldn't be here i also like how when they make an alliance with the tuscan raiders the mando is, is clear to state they're willing to have peace with you with you until you break it like, he doesn't say until one of you breaks it. He says until your town breaks the peace, like, it's going to be peaceful because they just know it that, yeah. that eventually they're going to break the peace on their own. Yeah, keep yeah. taking the water. Um, yeah. So they don't want to kill you. The reason they do is because I'm sure you just keep wandering to where they're at and taking resources that are theirs. So that's why they fight back. So they won't. You won't. There's the deal. So I thought it was pretty cool. I liked how this did follow up from the first season. So that was pretty cool. I just felt overall this is more of just a teaser episode, not so much like a a main plot point. That's the problem, though. That's the problem. I feel like every episode with the Mandalorian so far has been a quote unquote teaser episode. So, so do you guys? Do you guys think this should have been later in the season? Like, do you think we should have opened the season with this episode? It's hard to say. Like I said, I do genuinely feel like the Mandalorian season one, not much happens, and that's fine because we did get a lot of cool stuff. So, uh, I suppose, sure, with the first episode, maybe it would have been better to focus more on the story or at least devote a bit more time to it and maybe push this episode to a bit later in the season. But again, since I'm just kind of used to what the show is, ultimately, it's not a huge deal for me. Like I said, and this kind of goes back to the pacing. The one thing you have to suspend your disbelief for in this episode is the Mandalorian wants to find Baby Yoda's people. He knows he needs to find other Mandalorians. When he hears about one on Tatooine, he goes there, finds that person. It's not a Mandalorian. And then he agrees to save the town from destruction. So in order to just get the armor, what's he going to do with the armor? I don't know. I guess just look at it. You kind of have to just suspend your disbelief that like he doesn't find this Mandalorian and then just sticks around for another 45 minutes in order to get the well, armor. <laughs> and then also, also something else you have to dis- suspend your disbelief with is in the middle of that battle, he decides to kind of like almost sacrifice himself. And he sends, weird. he sends the marshal off and then he says, you're going to raise the kid and then she yeah. kicks his jetpack. And it's like, wait, what? You know, you've that known this weird. guy for 45 minutes and you want him to take over baby Yoda. You wouldn't leave it with, leave him with the other people. But this guy, this guy's who we're leaving baby Yoda with. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you leave it with Amy Sedaris back at your ship? She I likes know. Him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that weird. Was funny. 
He literally just looks at him and is like, take care of the kid, and flies away. <laughs> uh, speaking of flying away, I, I, I mentioned it earlier. I just I thought the freaking jetpack stuff was so cool. I love oh, seeing yeah. Yeah, Boba Fett cool. use his little like uh, what it, like targeting system. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, so, there, was some, awesome. there was some cool Mandalorian action here that I appreciated. For mm. sure. Yeah, and the action's always looked great in this series. I've never had yeah. an issue with the action. Never he's flying out of the dragon and the electricity is all there from his weapon yeah. and then the explosion. I mean, you can, you can tell where they chose to spend their money. And I don't have an issue with what they chose to spend the money on. The, yeah. the biggest issue I have is just the rest of it just is so jarringly a set, if that makes sense. Sure. <laughs> I did like that quick moment where all, or right before the battle, Timothy Oliphant's character does end up drinking the water. He just grabs it from the Tuscan Raider and drinks it. And I, thought, I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right, so I mean, let's let's talk about the end of this. So we see Boba because uh, Boba Boba because we see uh, I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Tim Timuru Morrison, Tamora Morrison, tomorrow tomorrow Aquaman's dad. Yes, yeah, Aquaman's dad also played Django in Attack of the Clones, and mm-hmm. Boba is a clone of Django. That that uh, that Django had kept for himself as his son, right? That I believe there was some weird convoluted thing where he's like, "I want a clone that I can raise as a son, but I want the whole chip or whatever you call it taken out where they age quickly." So yeah, Boba kind of ages naturally, which yeah. makes yeah. sense that the same actor would play him. So that was pretty cool. Last time we saw Boba in the story, he died in in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Last time we saw Boba, a blind Han Solo accidentally kills him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he accidentally hits him with a stick and his jetpack goes in or, uh, yeah, or uh, sends him flying into Jabba's uh, ship or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he then, and then the he... ship and then just like peels off and falls into the Sarlacc. And then let's not forget the Sarlacc burps as well. Oh yeah. my god, you're right. Yeah, so that's the last time we saw the great Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, so somehow he gets out of that. He survives. So to be fair, he... we did see a Mandalorian in this episode somehow get swallowed by this crate dragon and gets out pretty easily. So I was kind of like, well, you know what? I guess Boba maybe could have gotten out. So I kind of, yeah. I kind of like that. That worked for me well enough. What do you think he's been doing on Tatooine this whole time? Obviously, he doesn't have his armor anymore. So he gave yeah. up. He gave up the Mando lifestyle. Is he still, you think he's still bounty hunting or is he just living like the nomad old man lifestyle now? I think he's been trying to hike out to this town the whole time and then he finally <laughs> makes it out there and he sees Mando leaving with his armor and he's like, God damn it, I just spent the last eight years walking out here. I don't know what he's been doing. I guess it, based on the outfit, it certainly seems like he's just kind of like this old traveler in a sense. I don't know what his goals are, what he's trying to do. I don't know if he was trying to find the armor or not. I'm not sure, but... Either way, I, I think there's no way we don't get more info on it soon enough, so I'll just look forward to what they give us. Like I said, there's a lot they could do with Boba. As somebody that's very familiar with the Force and the Jedi, maybe they link up and he's able to pass along some of that info. And he's uh, got to hate the Jedi, right? Because he sees Mace Windu cut his father's head off in front of him. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I guess so. I guess because Boba was just, you know, a gun for hire, so, but I guess... He probably would, you know, kill anybody for money, but I guess you could make the argument that he probably does genuinely hate the Jedi, um, and rightfully so. They killed his dad, so I don't know. I guess we'll see more with him. I I, I don't really know what to expect. It is kind of interesting, though, because Boba isn't a Mandalorian. There was that whole weird thing where Django, yeah. Django, it was kind of a cool backstory. From what I understand, Django was a disavowed Mandalorian. They didn't want to associate with him anymore, so they kind of kicked him out. And that he just ended up at Camino eventually and did his own thing. But 
Jango at least had a connection to the Mandalorian. Boba doesn't. Boba is not a Mandalorian, never was. He just took his father's armor. So there's mm-hmm. kind of this interesting aspect where I wonder if a similar way that he communicated with Cobb Vanth about him not being a Mandalorian, if that would apply to Boba as well. So I'm very interested to see if what's going to happen. Like, will Boba have his own side story or are they just going to meet up the two characters soon? I have no idea what they're going to do. I don't know. I mean, he's not wearing the armor. He's bald. He's wearing a weird black robe, carrying some weird spear. It just makes me wonder, what is he What is he doing? I mean, is he... Because he was a bounty hunter. He wasn't... Like you said, he wasn't a, He wasn't in the Mandalorian lifestyle. He was straight working for Jabba. And then, then he quit working for Jabba and went to work for... Uh, well, no. He, he I guess he was always working for Jabba. But um, he went to work for Vader. Vader hired him. Yeah, Vader hired him out from Jabba. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. To think he came from that, and now he's just <laughs> still on Tatooine after getting eaten by the, the uh, Sarlacc. Yeah, because it's one of those things like, he seemed to like the bounty hunting lifestyle, so I don't know why getting swallowed by the Sarlacc, it's not like it was anybody else's fault except blind Han Solo. So I don't know if like they're showing us this to make it seem like, oh, I'm tired of that lifestyle. And granted, it was only five years ago in terms of the story actually you know how much time has passed so i don't know i don't know what they're playing it here if he's a nomad i i I could not tell at the end if he was pissed that he didn't have his armor or not i wasn't sure so there's just a lot up in the air it's cool to have him back you know for years everybody's been like i feel like boba could have survived that sarlacc and he did so you know we finally got an answer so i'm happy to see him no idea what they're gonna do but i think we'll probably get some cool stuff i'm hoping (laughs) <laughs> with this show, it could be a hit or miss. So I'm hoping we get cool stuff with him. I don't, since we didn't do uh, a podcast on the first season, and it wasn't in this episode, but what do you guys think about Giancarlo Esposito's character's lightsaber? And like, who do you think he is? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I forgot about that. Um, I guess it's not really a lightsaber, right? It's more of like a la- it's like a laser dagger, isn't it? Like it's not it's, it's not an actual of a laser sword. Well, it has it has like metal on it though. It like has a blade. Yeah, it looks like a samurai sword. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. I, I love Giancarlo Esposito. I am getting a bit tired of him playing. He he plays a villain in everything. I'm getting a bit sick of it. It just feels like, hey, he's a working actor. He's got to work and get that money. So might as well do it. I, I appreciate that. I guess I'm getting a little bit uh, just tired of all these villains. We didn't, Granted, we didn't really get to see much of him in season one. It's kind of like The Boys, if you watch The Boys. He's barely in season one and kind of plays a little bit bigger of a role in season two. Same thing here, presumably. I, we don't know for sure, but I, I liked him well enough. He was intimidating. Clearly, he seems like not only their connection to the Empire, but it made me wonder, is this guy leading us into the First Order somehow in a few years? I have no idea. Um, and then turns out he has this pseudo dark lightsaber, whatever you want to call it. So I assume that will somehow tie into the plot. Where do you get that? Is that a Mandalorian related thing? Could be. So lots of up in the air. He, another character I'm excited to see again. So. That's what I hope we get from him. I hope we kind of get to see a little bit of the bridge of how the Empire went from the Empire to the First Order. I think that'd be cool. I'm, that's something I, lore-wise, I really would like to see. And I feel like they have said that. That was part of the show. Yeah. So I really would be curious how that happened. Because even after watching the sequel trilogy, it's almost left deliberately vague. Which is, is cool in its own way. But, I, I mean, if they're going to explore this time, I'd like to see actually how that transition happened. I think, yeah, because I think we see that in the first episode of the first season of how, like, remember he goes into that weird winter, when like wintry planet bar, and you kind of mm-hmm. see the first order soldiers in there. Um, 
kind of getting things together, I guess. I don't know, organizing themselves. So, yeah, you see it a little bit there, but I think that's the only time you see it. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Oh, I just thought of one other thing uh, we missed about uh, Cobb Vance's uh, backstory. I liked the part whenever he was talking about the Death Star, the, the second Death Star blowing up. And 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 you see the flashback of them watching it on their little hologram of it blowing up, and they're all like celebrating and everything. Yeah, like that. that's that's kind of what I meant earlier when I said I, I liked how we get to see how the actions of the rebellion and the empire kind of trickle down and impact these everyday people on random planets. Yeah, yeah, no, that was very cool. I, I really appreciated that. I think that's one of the things that's cool that they can do with a show like this is they can explore this weird, um, I mean, for such a long time, the gap between episodes three and four were never explored. And certainly we've barely even scratched the surface as when it comes to movies and TV of the pretty sizable gap between return of the Jedi and force awakens. So any info they can give is something I'm always looking forward to seeing. So even something as simple as that, just seeing people that we hadn't seen before celebrating the destruction of the Death Star was really cool. Any other thoughts on Season 2, Episode 1 of The Mandalorian? This is still a really fun show. I'm excited to see where we go this season. Um, yeah, I, I'm having fun with this show still. Like I think it's great. I am still excited to watch every week. So I hope I hope we find a better way to spend our money is what I'll say. <laughs> I, I think I've just accepted it. I think this show is not what I expected it to be. I remember watching that season one, episode one, and that when that baby Yoda reveal happened, I was like, what the hell? It was one of the coolest things I had seen twist-wise in a long time. And I, I was forced to accept as that season went on, wow, they're really not doing anything with this. This is odd. And I, you just have to kind of get along for the ride. Sure, would I like kind of a more like a bigger, grander story that actually progressed through each episode in some interesting way. Yeah, I think that's what I would like. I've accepted it's just, it's a slow burn in a sense. So I'm having fun with it as well. Like Austin said, I've, I've accepted what I've been given and I like this episode. I thought it was fun, bit too long, but overall it worked for me. I really love Timothy Oliphant and I thought seeing them together was a cool dynamic. I hope he comes back. And yeah, I'll echo what Austin said as well. I'm, I'm just looking forward to what, what else we get this season. I'm excited to see some new, fun, cool locations. And I, I think we're going to get some interesting story stuff and who the hell knows how Boba Fett fits into it, but I'm actually excited. Whereas season one, I got a bit burned out. So I'm looking forward to the show. I'm glad it's back. I'll just say, yeah, there's lots of side stories in this show, more than I thought there yeah. would be, but at least all the side stories have been pretty badass so far, especially this That's one. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to see how the Baby Yoda story progresses, but at the same time, I'm also looking forward to more side stories and maybe on different planets. I mean, Yeah, I, I agree with you, Austin, what you said earlier. I am kind of getting a bit tired of Tatooine. Dude, I never want to see this planet ever again. I will say, though, I will say, at least... It wasn't what uh, the sequel trilogy does, <laughs> where they just, hey, you got to go to X, you have to go here. It's like, okay, and then it's not Tatooine, but they get there, and it's like, this is Tatooine. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, at least they just bit the bullet and was like, true. we'll just go to Tatooine. <laughs> it's not Jack Who that just looks like Tatooine. <laughs> All right, cool, guys. That's it for uh, Season 2, Episode 1 of The Mandalorian. Next week, we will catch Episode 2, and we'll see what happens. So, Austin... Tell us where people can find us. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you enjoyed the show, uh, please make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our content. Um, and if you wouldn't mind sharing this with a friend, that really does help us grow the show, even though it doesn't seem like it. 
Um, at the Arnie's is our social, and the Arnie's.media is the website. If you missed our episode this week, we put out a really fun bracket episode for Halloween. We debated the best Halloween movie out there today. We also had a second bonus episode that came out yesterday, and we shared some ghost stories. So be, for, be sure to check that out as well. Just scroll back down in our podcast feed. Be sure to DM us as well, like Austin said, on Instagram at the Arnie's. You know, DM us. What are your thoughts on The Mandalorian so far? Did you like season one? You excited for season two? How the hell is Boba Fett back? We're also doing our ongoing Star Wars series. We're going to be reviewing Rise of Skywalker soon. We did Solo last, like Austin mentioned. We had a bunch of Halloween content. We have lots of cool stuff coming up. A future bracket that we can't wait to do, that we're already preparing for. So there's a little tease for you that's going to come out around Thanksgiving. We have a bunch more Star Wars content. Lots of Mandalorian Ugh, it's just, we have a lot going on. Lots of cool episodes down coming down the pipeline, so the rest of this year is going to be a packed one. So DM us, let us know what your thoughts are, and we'll read it on the show. Woohoo!